Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Didaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have one awesome guest. This guy works with entrepreneurial and business experts, speakers, coaches, and leaders, helping them to market, monetize, and lead their own high-ticket mastermind or group coaching programs. And this guy also teaches experts how to generate leads, close high-ticket deals, and build strong transformational groups. He has his own digital agency, leads two masterminds of his own, and has learned many of the lessons the hard way. So sharing his journey and offering strategy is why this person is here. And I should also mention, this guy spends most of his time raising his five kids, exploring world communities, and trying his sand and adventures like shark diving, ice climbing, running ultramarathons, and riding electric skateboards. So let's welcome Chris Williams. How are you doing today, Chris? Victor, I'm having a great time, man. Good to see you. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Oh, yeah, it's good to see you, too. So, um, yeah, obviously, you have a great life, and uh, it's all a lot of it's the result of the kind of work you've done in your entrepreneurial journey. So, I'd like you to, I'd like to start by asking, how did you get involved in becoming an entrepreneur? You know, please share your story with us. So, like many entrepreneurs, I started when I was young because it's kind of in your blood. So, I was 11 when I started. And I borrowed my neighbor's lawnmower in exchange for cutting their yard. So I would cut their front and backyard every week. I was 11 years old. I couldn't hold an edger. I couldn't, I just had a broom. I didn't have anything else. And so I'd cut their yard every week in exchange for getting to borrow their lawnmower for the entire summer. And I could keep their lawnmower at my house. So then I could take that lawnmower. Now I had equipment and a system. And I could go out and cut like five other people's yards without having to pay for equipment. And, and that like that moment when I was 11 and I all of a sudden I figured out, oh my gosh, I just figured out how to leverage one opportunity into five more, like just caught fire for me. And, and I thought, what else can I do? So when I was 21, I'd been traveling the world, Jill and I, my wife, we were getting married and I sold that business with three work crews and tons of equipment and tons of lawns. And it just like, it, it launched me into so many cool things. Go cut grass, people. Lawnmower is the best. <laughs> no, that is awesome. So yeah, and a lot of entrepreneurs are like you. They get started when they're young. They come across it when it's a lemonade center. In your case, it was mowing lawns. You asked to borrow a lawnmower from a neighbor and um, you cut it for free. And, but the great thing is they let you use it for the entire summer. So you cut five different lawns. And as a result, you were making money off it. You learned the power of leverage, which is extremely powerful. You want to be successful. So as a result, um, you know, you had this great business. And by the time you're 21 and, you know, you, with your soon-to-be wife, Jill, you were able to uh, sell this business. And you realized this led you to many other great things. So it's incredible. Like the seed was planted. Like you started that little business when you were 11. And eventually when, once that seed is planted, it, it, it took some years. But man, you, it's launched you to many other different ventures. So what happened afterwards, once you turned 21, you sold that business, you said it led you into other uh, adventures. Do you, you mind sharing that with us? Sure. So kind of tried my hand in a bunch of different entrepreneurial ventures over the years. Like, again, all of you have done the same thing, right? You, you just want to try things out. And I don't think my family or my friends ever have a clue what in the world I do. They're like, what? Like, 
get a career, right? But no, oh my gosh, I don't want a career. So all of that has led up to us teaching what we figured out. Like we build high ticket masterminds for business experts. The reason we do that in a mastermind format is we've learned how to do it. Well, our first mastermind wasn't teaching masterminds. Our first mastermind was teaching people how to scale a digital marketing agency because we've done that well. Here's the cool thing about this. As entrepreneurs, we're the ones who get up every day with like all the weight of the world on our shoulders, trying to hustle something new. And eventually we figure something out. And once we do, you can replicate that process and you can teach others to do the same thing. So if you're listening in right now and you're having success in the thing you're doing, like own that spot and the leverage really starts coming when you start empowering others to do the same thing you've done. That is that is such an important thing to catch on to. The leverage in your life is going to really start to shine when you empower others to do what you've succeeded in. Yeah, no, that, that, that is a great point. You leverage, you know, you succeed at something, you know, and I think, and like you said, we all try several different things. And finally, we come to a point, we find that one niche that really works for us. And that's what you focus on. And then you share it, you replicate it with others and you teach other people too. And that's where the leverage comes in. It, it reminds me of a story of one of my mentors he, he shared with me. Um, he's, he's an eight-figure earner nowadays. And many years ago, he was doing okay, but he went to a Frank Kern event event and 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 Kern was only there for part of the time maybe four hours out of the three-day event but he got into a 15-minute conversation with him and and Kern asked him so um how are you duplicating yourself he says what do you mean he's like are you teaching other people to do what you're doing he says no I'm not he says well that's what you need to do you duplicate people you get that leverage you're going to be so much more successful and he went home he got all his friends he says you guys are quitting your jobs. You're moving in with me. I'm going to teach you everything that I know. And that duplication created so much leverage. After that, he never had a month that was less than 100000 a month. And all mm-hmm. because of that leverage he got from duplicating himself and teaching himself. So you're able to teach people, resonate, you know, they, they resonate with you, you replicate it. I think it is so powerful. And, you know, so I think that is definitely a, uh, a, a great thing to do. And so that, that is something really, really powerful. So what are other, some of the things you learned along the way on your entrepreneur journey that made you successful in addition to leverage? You know, I would say starting at the top of the value ladder is the next thing I would mention. So for many of us out, out there, everybody listening, and we've all done this, right? We've all started with this value ladder thing in mind. We're going to, we're going to sell a product or service whatever space we're in, we're going to sell the lower cost thing, then get people more and more into our products and services, right? And they buy the next thing, a more expensive thing, and, and on, on they go. Maybe it starts with a free hook of some sort. You get an email address, then a $27 offer, then a $147 offer, then a $497, and then blah, blah, blah. On we go. It's, it's just as much work. You've all heard this before, but just let me just say it's for real. It's just as much work to sell somebody to $100 as it is to sell somebody at $10,000 or $100,000. It's just as much effort. And, and the other cool thing about this is the people who buy something for a $10,000 or $20,000 or $100,000, they're easier to work with. So flip this whole value ladder upside down. The, the value ladder we've all been taught is completely broken and upside down. Flip it the right way around and start with your highest profit margin, highest cost, 
highest priced, highest value item. If that's a information service, if it's a seat in your own mastermind, if it's a done for you service, whatever it is, start with your highest value offer and only talk to people about that offer. You'll be shocked how many of them buy. You'll be shocked how easy they are to work with because people who have those resources, they want results, they want it now, and they're willing to do what you say to do. They will take your advice. Start there and then you can downsell people who just aren't capable of making that big commitment up front, but you've already pre-framed everything else and the downsell becomes just like magic. Yeah, no, and that, that's a very good point. Uh, a lot of people don't understand this. Very often, selling a high ticket requires the same amount of work as selling a low ticket, so you may as well go for the high ticket. And, and another good point you mentioned is that people who buy high ticket they tend to be much easier to deal with. They complain a lot, a lot less. They're less of a, a, a hassle to deal with. Sometimes when you're you know, selling a $97 item, you'd be amazed at how much people are complaining about the product or, you know, some issue here and there. They're just constantly reaching out to you. When someone gives you five or 10,000, you don't get that many complaints. They understand the value. They, they seem to understand value better. And, and again, you mentioned if they don't buy the high ticket product, then you, in the end, you can also try to downsell. So, okay, maybe they, they may not be able to afford 10,000, maybe 5,000, maybe a thousand, but it's, it's definitely a lot harder saying, well, I have a $47 product. Hey, you're interested in this $5,000 product. It's kind of hard. Cause like you said, you have to gradually go up 47, 97, and that could take a long time. And there's no guarantee they're ever going to go up there. Whereas it's much easier to go from 10,000 to say 1,000, you know, they can't afford the, the previous two levels. So I think that's something definitely to keep in mind. And because you really don't want to deal with a lot of negative people. And, and I don't care how much they pay you. If they're constantly complaining, it's just not worth the hassle. No, no, no amount of money is worth it. So if you can deal with higher quality people that can complain less, uh, much, much less high maintenance, I think it's uh, better for your peace of mind. So I think that's a, a great, um, you know, I, de I definitely think that is a very important thing that you brought up there because a lot of people don't understand. They, 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 I think yeah. part of it's also confidence. They feel like, oh, I, I don't know if I deserve getting 5,000 from someone. Don't be afraid to ask. If you believe in your value and you believe in your product, I think that belief in yourself is very important. You won't be afraid to ask. The worst they can do is say no. If, mm -hmm. you know, not, there is nothing wrong with that. So, yeah. Um, so, so you now getting back to the high ticket products. So for someone who's listening to this uh, interview and they're saying, you know, that's, I like what Chris is saying. I, I have a, I have a, I'm creating a $5,000 product, but how do I get people to buy from me? Especially like, you know, you've been around for a number of years. You know, you have that credibility. People know you and they trust you. They know you're going to give a lot of value. But what would you say to someone who's newer, who has value, but maybe doesn't have that credibility, the knowledge in the marketplace, and he doesn't know how to market that product to, to the public, what would you recommend to them? I would say the same thing someone told me when I was starting, and, and we're not always well-known. We all started somewhere. We don't always have a big audience. Here's the thing. This is, we teach this over and over at Group Church Nation, by the way. Even people who come in our program, people who join, we have three levels of masterminds. People who join our higher level masterminds, they come in our world with millions of people on their email lists, all right? They're extremely well-known and they're building these high-ticket masterminds. We take them to the same exact process we take the beginners through. Don't use your existing list. Don't use your existing Rolex. Don't use your existing fame if you have it to promote your big high-ticket mastermind offer or whatever your own high-ticket service is, whatever your high-ticket product is for you listening. Start 
organically. Here's the beautiful thing about the social media world that we all have a love-hate relationship with. The best thing about it for all of us who are marketing is everybody on there has pre-labeled themselves. They all have raised their hand in some way or another and said, my name is Chris. I'm an entrepreneur. My name is Chris. I teach masterminds. My name is Chris. I have five kids, like you mentioned before. My name is Chris. I live in this geographic region. My name is Chris. If you look at my profile, you can probably guess, do I make money or not make money? My name is Chris. Here's all these things about me. Don't go out and find 10,000 people to market to folks. Just simply look online, take an afternoon, make a list of 10, 20, 50 people who are like clearly, obviously the right people to buy your highest ticket offer and only have conversations and do outreach with those people. If you run through those people, get another 50. There's an endless supply. You don't need to do this enormous marketing effort. When I first started our first mastermind, Victor, I was so shocked because I had been for five years creating low ticket e-courses, video letters, free giveaways, all that stuff with pretty marginal to minimal results. But what happened is when I finally figured out, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? I should just start at the top. I just simply went on Facebook and LinkedIn. I looked for the ideal buyer for what I was going to sell in our mastermind. And I just simply sent them a message and started a conversation, found out what their needs were, asked if we could help and invite them to the mastermind. It was that simple. I spent five years wasting my time and my team's time. Seven weeks after I started that model, my first mastermind was full. Wow, that is that that is really awesome to share. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people, um, you know, they, they definitely get some good, um, you know, good advice right here. You know, you make a list of the people that you want that that be interested in your product. And here's the thing: a, a mistake everyone seems to make is they they try to market to the entire world, and that gets you into trouble because you market to everyone. You wind up marketing to no one. Like if you have a steakhouse, you're not going to market it to vegetarians because no matter how good your advertising is, they're not going to go there. You're, what you're doing is you're looking for people. You, you focus primarily on Facebook and LinkedIn. And um, you, you see the type of people you think would be interested in your product. You reach out to them. You start conversations. You talk with them. And you say you wasted five years. And then when you tried this new model, just creating a side ticket product and then reaching out to these people, within seven weeks, your mastermind was filled. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and it's been the same ever since you started doing that. So, and so it seems like you're just reaching out to you. You don't, need, you don't even need to do paid advertising. Because I know sometimes oh, as other yeah. gurus say, you know, you, you go on Facebook, pay advertise all this money. You're not even spending money on advertising. You're just going on these platforms, looking up these people who you think would be interested in your mastermind. And then you sign the conversations and eventually a good number of them are reaching out and you fill up your mastermind. So I, I think yeah. that's something very promising for people to know, especially like when they're starting, they may not have the money to do paid advertising. So it's good to no, know no, you're no. not you should, you should not start with paid traffic and people get that backwards. We, for the first couple of years of having a mastermind, we didn't even have a website. Mm -hmm. We didn't even have a one page document. We would send people when they said, can you send me some information about the mastermind? No, it, it happens right here on the call. I'm explaining to you what's going on. If you want in this thing, ask your questions. This is where we make a decision. You don't need any of those tools. You don't need paid advertising. You don't need a fancy funnel. I am 
a firm believer, particularly when it comes to higher ticket offers. And again, start at the top, folks. Don't start at the bottom. Don't automate anything you haven't proven organically. So we only automate what's been proven organically, meaning one-on-one messages on whatever social media platform you want to use, direct outreach to referrals, direct outreach to people who are in other communities you're on online, like wherever they, wherever you're hanging out, you're going to be able to figure out who is interested in what you're, what you're teaching, help them make a decision to join your mastermind, your offer, your done for you service, whatever, and, and work with them, but document everything you're doing. Because the people who buy from you in that process are your ideal customers. And those people are just like a thousand others out there. So you can keep replicating the organic process like we do at Group Coach Nation, or you can take that information and then intelligently with a full checkbook, start building a funnel with the right copy and an ad sequence that will actually reach the right audience. Yeah, and, and that, that is uh, definitely a good point there. Cause I think a lot of people, they, they feel like I got to do all these things. I do the paid advertising. I need to get my website. I need to get a fancy funnel because that's what I hear. And a lot of those things are, especially like you're doing the funnel, these things, some of these things are not duplicatable. And because um, you, you have to master, you got to pay someone else to do it. So if you could do, uh, do the things you just recommended and number one, you save yourself a lot of money. So you're more likely to stick in the game. You're more likely to do this business where you, you have all these expenses. And if you don't see the money coming in the first few months, you're much more likely to give up, but you're, you can keep your expenses down. That gives you a lot more hope. Damn, man, I can definitely do this. And um, now in terms of Facebook and LinkedIn, because they're both, you know, Facebook has about like two and a half billion people. LinkedIn has over 800 million right now. Um, in terms of high ticket, I mean, obviously you look above, but I'm, I mean, what I'm wondering is because I know the people on LinkedIn tend to have higher earning potential. They make more money. So do, do you find in your results that you get more people from LinkedIn or from Facebook or like an uh, equal number of both? We've tested on every platform and we have thousands of people go through our processes and do the same thing. We have so many people come to this and, and prove that this model works. It doesn't matter. Here's the secret. It doesn't matter at all which platform you use. If you love TikTok, go there. If you're an Instagrammer, awesome. Facebook, cool. You want to do LinkedIn? Fine with me. Here's the thing. Your market is on every platform. Yeah, you you might have an extra billion or a couple hundred million more or less on different platforms. And you might be able to say that the average income is higher on LinkedIn over Facebook or something like that. But that's not the point. I'm not after a mailing list of everyone on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I only want to talk to 20 people. I don't want to talk to 800,000 million gazillion people. So I don't really care what the average numbers are on any of those platforms. All I need to do is make sure that the platform that I'm comfortable using, where I know I can connect to humans, is the one that I focus on. And that's the way high ticket deals are nurtured and sold. It's all about relationships. It's not about the platform. It's not about a fancy closing line. It's about the relationships. So where do you feel most comfortable building relationships? That's where you should go. Yeah, I like that. Where you feel the most comfortable building relationships, regardless of the platform, that's what you should focus on. And again, it's all about relationships. It's all about serving people, helping them, solving their problems. So yeah, 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 like I said, it could be TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, LinkedIn, whatever you're most comfortable in. in the end. You're not looking for thousands of people. You're looking for like maybe 20 people like you are. 
And mm -hmm. you can find no matter which platform you're on. So that is definitely a great point. So I think something for people to consider because some well, people are wondering, you know, am, am I, do I need to reach out to thousands and thousands of people? And obviously the answer is no, you don't. You know, you're looking mm -hmm. for 20 people. So you're going to be talking to a lot less. And I think you need to be specific. Your ideal customer, you know, your, your, your ideal avatar, you got to focus on who you want. And if you, and do you, you'll find you're wasting a lot less time talking to people that have absolutely no interest in what you're doing. You're looking for the people that are going to be open to what you want, that need the product and service that you need to provide. So I think you're giving some great advice here for people to keep in mind because it's going to save you loads of frustration. Uh, because lots of people reach out to people that have absolutely no interest, they would never consider buying their product. Now, mm -hmm. you, we were talking about beliefs before. In, in your masterminds, um, uh, do you how important uh, do, you, do you talk about the importance of you know mindset, beliefs, or personal development? Do you think that's very important in this industry and in becoming successful? Absolutely, like absolutely. I think your mindset going into every day is such a big piece of your success. I have a mindset coach. And, and I work with people intentionally, like meaning me as the person learning to keep my mindset in check. I don't, I don't think you can be hyper successful without the proper mindset around that. Now, here's, here's the thing. Some people are kind of naturally gifted that way. They kind of have the right mindset just because of the DNA package they were born with. But most of us struggle with that. Most of us wake up a couple of days a week, every day of the week, feeling grumpy, feeling down, discouraged, not knowing if we're able to really accomplish this stuff today. I, I personally woke up that way today. I, I had an enormously successful week last week. And today I'm waking up feeling down and discouraged. It's not logical. Our feelings usually aren't. But unfortunately, for most of us, our logic isn't what makes our day or breaks our day. It's our feelings. And they're very fickle. And it's really hard to learn how to manage that process, not ignore your feelings and just muscle through it. And I'm not saying that at all. I have a therapist who's helped me a lot with my own stuff in my life. And I have a mindset coach who helps me from a business standpoint. And those two, those two people um, have been just in incredibly valuable to change my life and change my business. Yeah, no, and those are some very good points you brought up because I think we've all gone through, you know, we've had great things happening, things are going on in our business and our personal life. And the next day, so for whatever reason, we're feeling down and it makes no <laughs> logical sense. But like you said, a lot of times we're governed by our feelings and our feelings come from our subconscious mind, which makes most of our decisions. So, um, and that's, you know, it, that, and, I, and that's why I agree. Mindset is so important because uh, we need to keep constantly work on our subconscious mind because we have no idea how much like negativity we are exposed to. It goes back to when we were little kids, you know, whether it's our parents, schools, friends, authority figures, we get exposed to so much negativity. And so it, 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 it is a battle out there. So we need constantly need to work on our mind, try to keep that positivity and, you know, work on our feelings because it just, uh, if you, if you, it, it's, it's, it's like, um, basically it's like a garden. If you don't do anything to the garden, weeds will grow. If you want your garden to be well-kept, you have to take care. And I think the same thing applies to your mind. If you do nothing, the negativity will get there. If you want your mind to be fine, you need to work on it day in and day out. So I'm glad you shared your experiences because even you shared that, you know, you're a mindset coach, you know, a therapist that helped you out with a lot of things. 
So even the best is we're all dealing with these struggles from time to time. We have our down days, we have our down weeks, but we work through it. So it might go into another question, um, you know, somewhat similar is because, you know, I'm sure there have been times in your business, you've gone through tough times in your business. You know, not every, and when you're an entrepreneur, not every week is great. You're going to have some great weeks, some great months, but some down weeks as well. So, so if you're going through a couple rough couple, two or three weeks, how do you get through those tough times and, and you know, realize, man, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel? Wow. Okay. So let's just be honest about this. It's not a tough couple of weeks, right? We're all entrepreneurs here. You go through a tough couple of months, tough couple yeah. of years, right? Yep. Yep. We've all been there. Oh my gosh. Here's, here's what my therapist is the one she told me to do this first. And she is a brilliant idea. She said, and I'm holding my phone here. Those of you who are listening in and not watching. She said that I should create an, I can list. So I have on my phone an, I can list it's in my notes. I have an iPhone. It's in the notes section. It just says I can, and I have a list of things that I remind myself of on the days that are tough for me. I actually looked at this this morning. And it says, I can, this is, you got to make your own list. I'm just going to give you a few examples of what's on my list. I can be resilient. I can choose kindness. I can forgive. I can think I can grow. I can lead. I can choose freedom. I can generate 50 K per month in 20 days or less. I can I'll read you one more. I can change my action to impact my tomorrow. I can dream and take action, not just dream and forget. Like these are just a few things on my ICANN list. And this helps me so much, folks. We've all been through the hard times. During during the last few years when, when we're recording this post kind of pandemic, I think we're post-pandemic, I'm not sure. Um, I hope we are. Whatever, we're like, we've all been through really difficult times. Even if your business was successful during the pandemic and your family and loved ones didn't get impacted from a health standpoint, let's say you escaped all the negative impacts. I bet you were scared. I bet you wondered what happens if it gets me? What happens if it gets my business? What happens if the market changes? Some of us had really bad times during the pandemic and you were scared. Some of us had the best times and you were scared. It's all about this mindset piece when it comes to getting back up from your current circumstance and saying, I know who I am. I don't know, Victor, who you are well enough. We're, we're new in our friendship. And I don't know any of your listeners. But each of you know yourself, you know, think about this. Even if you're saying, well, Chris, right now it's been pretty crappy. I don't feel very successful right now. I tried a bunch of things and it failed. Okay. I've been there, but you know what that tells me about you? You're somebody who's extremely resilient. You're very smart. You're able to think of an idea and put feet to it and execute on those goals. You're somebody who's able to communicate your ideas in a way that helps other people catch on to it. Like think back through who you are, where you are right now. You're not successful or unsuccessful. You're who you are and your actions and how you decide to change yourself today to make a difference tomorrow is who you are. It's not about, did you swing 
and hit every ball that came across the plate. It's about, did you actually get out there and do it? There's that Theodore, I think it's a Theodore Roosevelt quote about the, the person who's like in the ring fighting. And, and I'm butchering this quote, so sorry. But it, basically he says, it's not about the people in the crowd who are, who are booing or cheering. It's not about what anybody else thinks about you. Not many people get in the arena. Not many people get after it. Not many people go to work. Not many people show up to do the fucking job every single day. If that's who you are, write that down because you're different. You're not like the rest. And that's going to make an enormous difference in your life and the planet that we're all hanging out on. And I'm so glad you're here because if that's you, I want to be on a planet with people like you. So write those things down, own it and get to work. I like to write those things down, write the I can list. And it's going to serve you when you're going through tough times. And if you're taking the action, you're trying, you're ahead of 99% of the people. Like I said, that, mm-hmm. that example of the people in the boxing ring, the spectators, most of the spectators, a lot of them are people who wish they could have, but they never took the chance or tried to. If you want to write a book, for example, like 80 something percent of the population wants to write a book for some reason, they don't write it. So you're far ahead and your book can change people's lives. They can inspire people. You never realize taking that action, or you could say creating a high ticket course, a high ticket program. That program can also change someone's life. You don't realize that you can inspire people, but you know, someone, and I'm sure you've had people reach out to you saying, you know, Chris, because of your program, my whole life changed, my whole business changed. You know, I've gone to so many different levels because of your program. So when you create that program, so don't worry about the fact that it's 5,000, 10,000, but this program can make a difference in many people's lives. Not only are you making money, but you've made a difference in many people's lives because you took that action. And a lot of people are afraid to take that action. But yeah, look at that I can list because um, I, I, I did an exercise many years ago. We spent a minute of saying these I cannot statements, I can't. And we were asked to feel after a minute how we felt. We all felt drained and tired. Then we spent a minute doing I can statements. I can do this. I can do that. And after a minute, we felt so much stronger, so much energetic. So the, the things you say to yourself, they're either going to make you feel stronger and more empowered, or they're going to make you feel weaker and drained. So be very careful what you say to yourself. That's why I like the I can statements, because it's going to really uplift you and make you feel stronger and better by yourself. So I think those are some great things to uh, to do. And, you know, and we, you know, We've all gone through these up and downs through the pandemic. Even the people that had an okay time, we were still scared of the future. So know who you are. I think that's very important and uh, it can make a big difference. So again, you go through tough times, you look at those statements, write down, you know, make a whole list. You have your list. Everyone out there listening, you can make your own list of I can't say this, and it's a good reminder. You can look, even if things are going well, I recommend you look at it every single day because it's a good reminder and it'll sink into your subconscious mind. Now, next question I have for you, Chris, is you've talked about trying to do something out of the box pretty much every day. So uh, what are uh, some of the out-of-box things you've done recently or maybe even just today or yesterday? That's a great question. So a backstory on this for all you folks listening in. Um, I'm a big fan of doing something different out of the box, something to get my creative juices flowing or something just to promote freedom in my own head and my own heart every day. All right. That's really important to me because we get stuck in our work-a-day lives, right? We all have complicated home lives, complicated work lives. It's it's life, but it's busy. So something out of the box every day. This is super fun. Okay, let's, let's go back. Um, yeah, today, today so far, it's been raining and I'm super looking forward to going out on a trail run this afternoon in the pouring rain, in the mud. Like that's out of the box, right? Most people don't do that. 
I love running and I love running when it's a really weird circumstance because it just kind of resets everything. Um, yesterday, yesterday was Monday and it was a birthday day for my mother-in-law. So we did some out of the box stuff around celebrating her that wasn't in the traditional day and not the traditional birthday pattern. And that was super fun over the weekend. Um, I'll just give you, give you a couple more. Cause these are really fun over the weekend. Uh, I have an electric bike. It's like an electric motorcycle. It's really super fun. And so did a bunch of riding around town to like local shops, farmers markets, things like that. Just again, get out of the house and, and get off Netflix and put the phone down and do stuff. And then the day before that, um, rode my, um, pedal bike, like a regular road bike, <laughs> I rode that on trails to see if it would work. It didn't work so well, but it was really fun, you know, because for a minute there, I'm not thinking about anything. And I, I know I keep saying outdoor adventures. That's, that's my thing, folks. If you don't love outdoor adventures, do your own thing. Like read a book that you would have never read, create an art piece. One of my daughters is an artist, create a piece of art that you would never think to create just completely different, like do something different. There's, there's a lot of cool studies, Victor, that are out there about like just how important it is for our brains to experience new things. Travel, language, reading, experience with friends, things that aren't your normal political or sociodemographic patterns that go with you. We all have those patterns, right? I'm not segmenting people. We have patterns. I'm, I'm a pretty predictable person if you probably watched me, and so are most of us. Break the predictability, go meet somebody and go to coffee with somebody that you have nothing in common with and just share stories, read a book that's completely in a different genre than you like, just see what's out there. Go, go to Netflix. If you're going to be stuck on the couch for a minute, that's fine. Go to Netflix and go to sections that you've never ever like don't go to the stuff recommended for you no like dive deep into some random section you're like this is not me at all perfect watch that movie you're gonna be blown away and your brain will start firing you'll start being more creative and it, it really ignites a lot of things in our neurons that are just so helpful for us in so many ways yeah and i like that last part you mentioned the creativity when you expose to new different things you've not tried before and never even considered your brain it helps with your brain's creativity so i think that's a great important uh, reason to try these new things because you keep doing the same things over and over again you get into a rut and you you lose a lot of that creativity when you try certain new things like uh, these out of the box things you talked about you share some examples with us um, that's where your brain's neurons start firing and you can get some creative ideas. And that's, that's why sometimes people do things. They're like, I, let me just go away to the woods for a week or something. And, and it's yeah. fine when they do these things they haven't done before, get away from their regular life. They come back, yeah. they refresh, they have all these great ideas. And that's one of the great things with doing these new out-of-the-box things. Because you're doing the same thing again and again and again. It gets boring, you're in a rut, and you, can't, you, you have no new ideas. I mean, I mean, one of the great things about, you know, you get a mastermind group is you have people coming up with different ideas different points of view because they're doing you know, they're usually from a different um they're you, different business so they look at things totally differently so if you go away doing different things it's 
you, you'd be amazed at some of the things you might be exposed to. Go visit a new country. Or like you said, if you were just watching Netflix, watch a certain genre you're not interested in. If you, if you hate mystery films, watch a mystery film. You'd be yeah. amazed what may happen to you. So, or read a book you've never never considered. So try something new for uh, you know each day, or at least do it a few days a week. And you'd be amazed at some of the things that can happen to you. So I think that's a great piece of advice. Um, and get your brain flow going because uh, especially you're an entrepreneur, you need to have the creativity going. So I think that's one great way to uh, to do it. So I love that idea. Think out of the box. Do mm-hmm. something out of the box uh, every day, or at least do it several days a weekend. You'd be amazed. And you know what? Things you can come up with. One thing that's just simple to throw in. If you're like, well, Chris, this is great. My life's too busy. I get it. Some days I'm too busy too. A simple thing to do, and I, I do this about once a week. If it's a busy day. Um, in my studio and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just, I got to get stuff done. I need some creativity. I just can't think you're just getting stuck. Just grab your laptop, take the tasks with you, like checking email, calendaring, a zoom call with your team, whatever. And take that to Starbucks, like pick a local cafe or coffee shop that even just that small of a change. We've all been there. We've been like, oh my gosh, I went to Starbucks last week and I worked for like half a day. I got so much done. It's not because of the caffeine. You have caffeine at home. It's because you're in a new place. And if you've ever done that for a longer period of time, like three weeks at Starbucks, you realize I'm not getting as much done anymore. That's because your brain's gotten used to it. It's that change that really helps us move. I totally agree with you on that because I could tell you sometimes when I just go away for a day and I'm seeing where, like, for example, I've gone to Starbucks, just sat down, read some books, worked on my laptops. It's incredible. I've gotten so many new ideas because I got away for a day and I got away from my regular place of work, you know, looking at my computer and my desk. And that change of setting can make big differences. And, and I'm, I'm sure, like, when you go on vacation or sometimes you go on a business trip, you just go away to a different city. I don't know. I just find when I've gone to different places, I have all these ideas coming up because I'm away from the everyday same thing I'm doing every single day. I'm in a new environment, a new place. And I just come up with these new things when I go away on a trip or on a vacation. So I totally agree with you. So for those of you who cannot afford to go somewhere, if you can go to a local Starbucks or a local bookstore, you know, maybe don't go there every single day for three weeks, but go there once in a while or go to another different place. Maybe you want to go. Yeah. It's a nice spring day. Go out in the park, you know, work on your laptop there, do some work there. So go to the beach or whatever, find a place, uh, go do something different and you'll, you'll be amazed at some of the ideas you can come up with. So definitely mm-hmm. some great, uh, uh, great tip there. Now, um, as we're getting toward the end of our interview, um, do you have any last minute pieces of advice for people who are getting ready to become entrepreneurs, they're interested in it? And, you know, what are some of the things you, you recommend they start doing when they get started in the business? And what are the things you recommend avoid doing? Because, you know, a lot of us, when we get started, we all make a lot of mistakes. So what are some <laughs> of the pitfalls that people should wait when they get started? Here's the thing that makes people make mistakes when they're early on in entrepreneurship. Here is the thing. It's the same thing almost every time. I want to say it's the same thing every time, but I'm not sure I can go that far down the path, but it's almost always the same thing. As entrepreneurs, when we're just starting out, or unfortunately, when we're 20 years in, we think of something new that we want to try. We become an entrepreneur or we're shifting to a new thing we want to try out when we're 20 years of experience. And we create that thing alone. We get so passionate about it. We start Googling it. We start watching documentaries about it. We start listening to all the podcasts about it. We start like collecting everything. We're going to build the best 
widget. We're going to have the best service, the best way to pass the information forward, the best new social media platform, the best whatever you want to build. And we do that alone. And when you build alone, you fail because you're not the one who's got to buy your product. It's somebody else. And here's the trick. Because you're you, you're uniquely gifted at capturing and understanding and taking action on that idea, that concept, that product or service, you're going to be very different than your buyer. Your buyer is your opposite. If they were your same, they wouldn't buy from you. They just go do it themselves. They're your opposite. And so you can't build alone. Here's, here's the, here's the rub though, Victor, we all are kind of insecure and embarrassed and we have a new idea. We don't want to go out there and do something in public. Hey, I'm thinking about starting this post that on your Facebook profile or LinkedIn profile. You're going to feel like an absolute idiot. What do y'all think? You think I should, shouldn't it's your baby. You don't want to go out there and expose it to all the harshness of the real world, but truly you got to, because you can't put it in a box and hope it survives. Your new idea, your new project has to be created, has to be birthed, has to be raised in a community, in a village. It takes a village to raise a kid. I think uh, Hillary Clinton helped us get our brains around that idea. Politically oriented, if you are or not, like her or don't, I don't care. It's pretty true. You need a community around you as a human and your ideas need a community in order to capture the hearts and minds of other humans. It's just the way we're wired. Doing it alone is broken. Doing it in a community, you have a much higher chance of success. No, I, I agree. It's much easier to do it in a community. I'm like I said, number one, we're communal animals. We're social animals. We can't do anything on our own. We do, we tend to more, much more likely, like you said, to fail and to succeed. And like you said, uh, a lot of times we fall in love with something. We think that we, we love other people are going to love. You said if they're the person the same as you, they're much less likely to not buy for you. Your buyer is most likely going to be very different for you. So I think that's why you create it, get it out, do it in a community. You're much more likely to come up with something that people are going to buy because it's not what you want. It's what the public wants, what that person wants. A lot of times we, we don't understand that. There's a big difference between what we like and what other people like. There are a lot of things I like. I can tell you a lot of people around me don't like some of the things I like. And some of the yeah. things the people around me like, I, I, I could care less for it. So we have to f uh, avoid falling into that trap, which is why I think you work with a community. You're much more likely to get something out there that people are going to buy and they're going to need. So you'll understand better that they need what their needs and desires are. So I agree. Try not to do everything on your own because you do. Uh, you're much more likely to... Uh, wind up in fails. So I think that's a great way to end yeah. things. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. You shared a lot of great wisdom today about everything, marketing, high ticket items, dealing with ideal customers. I know the people listening to this interview are going to get a lot out of it. And uh, I appreciate you being on sharing all your great wisdom with us today. It was really great meeting you. And before I let you go, Chris, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, Victor, thanks again for having me on here. It's so great to hang out with everybody. You guys are just amazing. Keep leaning to Victor. Obviously, a success coach and somebody like him who's got the brain around the space that you're in, like, like lean and ask me questions. That's why he's here. If you want to find me, Group Coach Nation, just Google it or type it in, groupcoachnation.com. 
Chris Williams is my name. And we're there to help you. At groupcoachnation.com, we have everything laid out for like, are you a beginner trying to build your first group coaching program? Are you advanced or pro-level person who's like, I want to build a legit, like high ticket mastermind? Like, where are you in the continuum there? We got like tons of free stuff there. Just do the work to get the results. We say that all the time at Group Coach Nation, do work, get results. But here's the thing. We're not focused on people hustling. We want you just to do the right work. It doesn't take a lot of time to build a high ticket group coaching or mastermind program. So go to groupcoachnation.com, check it out, get the info you need and get started. Awesome. So again, yeah, go to groupcoachnation.com. Chris William and his group have a lot of great stuff out there for you. So if you want to create your own, your own high-ticket program, your own high-ticket mastermind, as you heard him today, Chris shared a lot of great wisdom, and he and his group can definitely help you succeed in that. So again, Chris, thank you so much for being here. Have yourself an amazing day, my friend. Good to see you, Victor. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.